everyone, and welcome to another episode of Zing This. You got me, Zinger, and I am joined by two special guests after their time out in the desert. We got, of course, David Flora. Hello. How's it going? And Derek Hayes. Greetings and salutations. Welcome, welcome, gentlemen. Um, I know when we normally get together, we talk about a possibly awful film documentary or something else, but we're p- talking about your all's documentary that you all did. <laughs> Another which... awful film. There you go. <laughs> no, uh, I was about to say, we're going to be talking about that. So um, I, I I guess let me start off with this. I'm, I'm kind of going to go at this because I, I work with you guys on some stuff. We, we obviously know each other. So I'm kind of going to approach this, not with a fresh set of eyes, but with a kind of, if people haven't heard of you guys, what, what what are you and where do you come from? So I'm going to start. I introduced David first, so I'm going to let Derek. Derek, like, give us some background on you and what led you to the to, to doing this project with David. Well, uh, the background on me is I worked in film for a decade. Uh, worked on some bigger movies that you probably might have seen. Uh, Underworld, Lincoln Lawyer, that sort of thing. I was a peon, but I worked on these films. So anyway, uh, you know, I started a podcast eight years ago uh, next month uh, called Monsters Among Us Podcast. It's a call-in show about uh, the paranormal. Basically, people call in and share their stories, and I discuss them on the air. And uh, so I've been doing that for a while, and I camp a lot. You know, I live in Southern California, and and anybody that's spent time here knows it's it's a big outdoor scene. So I would go to this place called uh, Borrego Springs, and more generally the Anza Borrego Desert State Park, and I would hear about these legends in this area. And each time I would go there, I would look for some sort of documentation, like a book, pamphlet, a documentary, something. And it just seemed like there was nobody really talking about all these stories that are piling up in this area. So I kind of got this crazy idea in my head, and I knew it was too big of a project for me to do alone. So I got a hold of David, and luckily he was uh, just as excited about it as I was. Awesome. So, so, so David... Give us the brief synopsis of what led you to the beginning of this of this documentary experience. It better match up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have no idea who Derek Hayes is. Uh, he, Derek actually sent me a, a suggestion for one of my miscrypted contests, uh, and that was to do the Borrego Sandman, which is a Bigfoot, Sasquatch-type creature that lives in Anza Borrego Desert State Park. Came from a 1965 Four. article 64. in the July of 64. 64 article in Desert Magazine um, from a, a, a Marine who was out there camping and trekking around and found some footprints, apparently. And um, so this, he showed me this article and, and I put that in the um, Miss Cryptid contest and then as you as you look into it you're like you you start seeing oh here's here's a ghost story from around the same area here's um ufo sightings you know not too far off from there so we started looking um, at what all was contained in that state park basically and turns out there was a lot and derek was like do you want to try and put something together to like explore this area uh, maybe we can get a Kickstarter going and get out here and get some cameras on it. So that's kind of where it was about a year-long process for that. Um, from the time 
he told me about the Sandman to the time we filmed our Kickstarter, I think. And of course, before that, you you have well, I mean, you still have your podcast and everything that that, that you did, which is blurry photos. Yes, <laughs> and you're coming up on what that, that has to be a decade by now, right? What the, the podcast? yeah 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 the podcast has 2012. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, because I know I've been listening to you for a while, and I've actually stumbled across Derek's stuff, thanks to your um, your show, your um, your uh, Bullstones. Yeah, 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 he was on one of those. Yeah, I stumbled across him thanks to that, and that's all history from there. Well, you you guys came together to do this um, this documentary, which I, I, I got the chance, you guys gave me a chance to watch it and everything, and... Um, I, I'm I'm saying this as a consumer of your all's media and also as a fan of and both friend and fan of you guys. Um, very entertaining. I I loved it. Um, I do want to know who did the costumes for you guys and picked out what you guys are wearing because I want little pop figures of Derek in that giant cowboy hat and da- and David, of course, in that um, folded over cowboy hat with the. Uh, um, I want to say scarf, but I know that's not what that was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 um, the outfit was really fun for both of you for that. I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you. That hat was mostly survival. Uh, that hat kept me alive, <laughs> frankly. It was 122 <laughs> degrees the entire time we were shooting. I mean, it fluctuated a little bit, but that was the high temperature. And just standing out there for a half hour on camera, you just that sun's just beating down on you. So, you know, a hat like that is, is pretty important out there. Also, it helps that it looked cool. Yeah. <laughs> I I will say, I will say this. I like the little addition of the little temperature gauge that popped up every now and then when you guys went to different areas, just to show everyone how hot these areas and how were. dumb we are coolest, for being out there. I, <laughs> I think the coolest temperature you guys had was, like high 80s it was like 89 or something that's when you guys are in the mountains mm-hmm. yep so um you, you guys filmed i mean it's this this borrego state park is um what did you say about the size of uh rhode island yep so there was a lot of different environments that, that you guys had to film in what was one of each of your favorite ones to film in when you did this um Derek, I started with you the last time, so I will go with David. David, what was your favorite area to film in, and for what reason? And I don't think you guys can use the the mountains because it was the cooler one in the sense of temperature. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say the Yucky Well stuff. That area is very cool because they have these tamarisk trees, uh, groves of tamarisk down there. And uh, at the time we were filming them, I don't know if... Um, they were I, they must have been dead because it was the middle of summer and they didn't really have leaves oh on those them. were they very were dead yeah. And yeah those were very dead yeah and it just I, I i literally thought it looked like a set piece for a tim burton film <laughs> and i was like this this is just an amazing area and the um the paths that you take in that campground area to get to the well and stuff they're very bushy and scrubby and overgrown, and there's all kinds of critters running around and stuff. And that was my favorite, I think. All right, Derek, what about you? 
Well, f- I mean, there's there's a place you've been to before too, so I I think you might have had a pre notion of where the best place to go was or your favorite location. But yeah, I was pretty familiar with the park ahead of time. But the the shoots took me to a lot of new places that I'd never been before. Uh, there was some really cool you know, dry lake area that we went to. It was like a mini Grand Canyon out there. But I think my favorite uh, would have to be the the rock art that we explored. Um, mm. when we initially did the trailer for the Kickstarter, we were trying to find this rock art that's, you know, we don't know for sure what they're trying to depict in this art, but in my mind, it looks like UFOs. It looks like Bigfoot. You know, it looks like a lot of these legends that we're chasing out there and it it certainly could be. So I, I had to lay eyes on this. So in the Kickstarter trailer, we were out there trying to find it and David and I both ended up getting heat stroke trying to find this cave. So when I'm 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 sorry I'm sorry to laugh. But. <laughs> it, yeah, it it it's funny now, but at the time it wasn't all that funny <laughs> because we felt fine, we felt fine. We went to a restaurant and as soon as our food showed up, we just kind of looked at each other and we were like green, like Ugh, I don't know, something's not right here. <laughs> so anyway, when we got to do the uh, the actual shoot, that was top place on the list. We got a hike to these caves, and you know, of course, we did it in the middle of the day, and it was 115 degrees or whatever. And it was like a mile and a half, two mile hike in to get to the place. Uh, but once we were there, man, you got under these this big rock. Basically, it was just house sized rock or even building sized rock. And it was a lot cooler under there. There was a little breeze, and then this artwork just spilled out in front of us. And I just, you know, I was picturing people a thousand years ago drawing this stuff with cactus juice and some powder they found. So uh, that to me, that was pretty impressive and, and sort of a magical moment to to see that artwork. Awesome. So um, you guys definitely had an experience while you were out in the desert in the sense of just I'm, I'm getting the feeling it was a little hot out there when you guys were there. A little. It, it was. Yeah, it was oppressive. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I got I, I want to ask this. I know that you guys have been asked this before. You do several investigations into different um things that go on in this triangle area uh what was each of your favorite ones to investigate i'm gonna say right now the one that made me instantly like my eyebrows shoot up on my head was the walking skeleton with a lantern or a light flame inside of it which i loved i i gotta say this i i want to give credit to your um graphics and stuff you guys use phenomenal i i I was about to say, you you guys are great to interview. I would love to interview that person, too, because they did a phenomenal job with all the graphics and all the cool, like, maps and stuff that were brought up. If it's the same person that did it's all that. It's actually a team that did all that stuff. Uh, our artist, That is even better. <laughs> our artist was Jonathan Dodd. He drew all the images. And then our editor, uh, Matt Van Hosen, he animated everything. And then the maps themselves were done by my friend Matt, another Matt, uh, Matt Stesner. He put all those together and animated that 80s-style Tron looking, however you want to describe that, but it, you know, had that, uh, 80s highway desert vibe to it. Yeah. So anyway, sorry, I I got sidetracked. I wanted to call that out. Cause that was something that instantly like, like the graphics and everything were great. And I loved the little, like, it, it was like the stop, mo- not stop motion, but the motion comic esqueness of the, like when someone was telling a story, you cut to that or to like turn, not turn of the century, but, of the era film for that. 
getting back to what was your favorite things to investigate when you were out there? Um, back to David went last last time, so I'll go with Derek this time. Derek, what was your favorite thing to investigate? Because uh, you guys had several to pick from. Yeah, I love the Bigfoot stuff. You know the the uh, Borrego Sandman legends. There's a there's mm-hmm. a lot of legends from that area. The uh, Zubies, they call them down there. The Mountain Devils, they call them um, up a little further north. They have the uh, oh, what's that one called up there, David? The um, Goldie. Uh, that's the UFO. Oh, uh, uh, the Mojave version of the Bigfoot up there. Why, why am I Yucca Man? Um, the 29 yeah, pounds. Yucca Man yeah, up there. Man. So for me, it was definitely the Bigfoot stuff, and I didn't expect to have anything current. You know, I was thinking, well, this is a 60s and 70s story. You know, it took place yeah. 50, 60 years ago. But uh, to our surprise, there was people there that are still seeing things to this day, and, and we were lucky enough to get to talk to some of them. Awesome. David, what, what about you? First time out there, first time experiencing some of this stuff? What, what was your, one of your favorite investigations from what you guys did? I liked doing the Old West ghost story stuff. Um, a lot of stories of the, the uh, ghosts that we came across were from the mid to late 1800s. Mm-hmm. And they had um, the Vicito Stage Station was this sod house built in the middle of the desert in this little valley um, on a stagecoach route through there. And they used it as a stop for uh, horses and people. And uh, then the army, um, I guess, took it for a little bit with Kit Carson. And um, so it's been used, you know, by several different entities for several different things over the years. And it's still standing today. Um, And so that was a really cool... Uh, thing to to get out walk around walk through look at the stuff they still have in there and uh, how they've preserved it and everything and then yaki well is another one that's uh, a kind of from that era uh, ghost story um, it's just a, a cool spot uh, something different than just like here's an old rundown shack that somebody beheaded somebody in <laughs> we were almost turned into vampires that day we were in Viacito station because you're out Didn't in the sun? On, on the <laughs> it was full of bats when we went in there. Ah, and ah. It it's not a building where people normally it. walk in and out of, but they gave us special access. And when we opened this one room, it was just nothing but bats swirling around us. And, oh, uh, man. Yeah, we were almost turned that day. See, see, I, I, I like these, these, these stories because, I mean, you, you guys do a great presentation but uh, in the documentary, but I'm sure there's like a ton of background stories and a ton of stuff from that minus all the almost near death heat stroke moments that I'm sure were daily. But, uh, I, I really liked that you, you guys did some investigation and I gotta ask, I, I, I get the, the going out cause you guys did the one at the, the, the well where you had the EMF meter and you were disproving the orbs thing. But what drives you got you, you guys as investigators to go out and look for Bigfoot at night? Like, I, I just gotta ask cause every time, I'm like watching like a hunting for Bigfoot or something like that. They're like, we're going to investigate at night. I'm like, why does it always come to this? So now I can ask, why was the investigation done at night for the Bigfoot? Well, for starters, it looks cool. Well, one big reason. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that. There's there's a lot of good reasons, <laughs> actually. Too. Yeah, the it, it looks good, yeah. the heat, and, you know, everybody says that Bigfoot's nocturnal or they believe that Bigfoot's nocturnal. So if you're going to find a nocturnal animal, you should probably look for them when they're active. 
if yeah, in failing that, a lot of people have experiences at that time of day too. You know, if they're especially out camping, they'll hear the wood knocks. They'll get the the rocks thrown at them, and um, that that's just with all the stories that that seemed like an ideal time uh, as well. I I do like that you guys did not use the spirit box. If anyone's listened to. Um, other like round table, I mean, uh, night, sorry, nights at the round table we've done. I've always been skeptical of the spirit box. I did like, like the EMF meter because it had a good comic timing when <laughs> David was spe- <laughs> speaking Spanish at it. I, I don't, yeah. don't ruin it for me if it was something in editing you guys did to make that, but that was, mm, no, perfect. it happened. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we tried to be I, as truthful on that. everything as we possibly could. We're making a yeah. film, so visually a few things need to match up, so we took a couple shortcuts. But as far as presentation is concerned, everything you see, that's how it happened. That's how it happened for us. To the point where we were like, nice. "Let's." I hope something more happens. And, you know, maybe, maybe not enough action took place. And, you know, that's that's a testament to how honest we're being about the production. Um. You guys come from the world of podcasting and everything. I know that you guys had some other podcasters involved with helping out with the like information and stuff like that. Um, I know you worked. I think we've had one of them on for the roundtable stuff. Rice, I believe so. Mm. The Bigfoot. Yeah, we did have um, Rice on. Yeah, big, yeah, Bigfoot Collectors Club, and then you guys also had uh, Ryan Sprague from. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, just, just getting in contact with them and everything and having them involved. Um, what, what, what was that like to get a hold of that? How, how did you pitch the, like, Hey, we're doing it. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm probably explaining how you guys pitched it, but how'd you get a hold of them and what was the process to get them involved in it? Well, I would say the first step there was trying to decide who we wanted to, you know, to share stories. And, you know, it was certain groups needed to be people from this area, Southern California people, or people with unique views. And I think we did a pretty good job of that. Uh, once David and I had our field narrowed down, we just reached out to people and, like, begged them, essentially. And there was a lot of <laughs> rescheduling and that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, everybody pulled through and and uh, donated their time and, and really contributed a lot to the film, I think. Yeah, they we, we asked them do you know anything about the area to begin with? Uh, and if not, here's some information that we found. Can you kind of riff on this? And they did a, a great job uh, of that, you know? Awesome. Awesome. I, I, I'd love to get into your guys' investigations, like, more deeply, but I know that's something that I want to have the viewer, I mean, the listeners, future viewers of your guys' documentary have that as an experience themselves. I don't want to go through every single experience you guys had, but you, you guys do run the gambit um, from, of course, ghosts to UFO investigation to also possible Bigfoot activity out there. It was a nice smattering of all of that. Um, is this something that is the first time you guys have each experienced doing investigations like this, or is this something that you're more versed in? Um, David, I'll go with you first for this one. That's well, the biggest scale of it that I've, I've been involved with. I've done small stuff by myself. Um, I spent the night at the Limp Mansion that one time. Yes, um, yes. 
I went to Mothman <laughs> Festival <laughs> and with you. There, 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 there was some investigation on a bus, I think I remember, that ended and us and was getting kicked off, but that's a... Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different story. Um, so, yeah, I've done little stuff here and there, but nothing with gadgets and, and um, cameras and all, all that, you know, hullabaloo. Um, so this was uh, a fun experience to, to do it with a little bit more stuff and a little bit uh, more detail. Awesome. Derek, what, what, what about you? Yeah, you I would, you've been into the paranormal for a while. I would agree with David or, you know, side with David on this. I, I don't have the opportunity to do a lot of this stuff in the field. There, there have been opportunities, and, you know, I, I have done some, but most of my quote-unquote research is done here in my studio. Uh, mostly surrounding, you know, my podcast that I release weekly. So uh, that said, you know, I spend a lot of time outdoors, so I'm always looking, you know, looking for footprints or hair sticking off of a fence or uh, sounds, in, you know, in the forest. But, you know, I'm always keeping my ears open. But for the most part, uh, this was some of the most, I guess, intense investigation I've done uh, in, in quite a while. All right. How long um, were, were you guys out there for? Like you, you guys obviously shot a lot. A lot of this footage is firsthand from you guys, for the most part. I know some extra stuff every now and then, but most of everything in here is shot by you guys. So how long did like the shooting take for this? I think we're a full ten day shoot. Sorry, principal principal <laughs> photography. I guess <laughs> yeah. There the was proper term. There was plenty of uh, you know post. Let's pick up this shot here or whatever. But I think we were there ten days. Is that right, David? Ten, yeah, ten days for the shoot. That's not including the Kickstarter, which was about a day, day That's and right, a half. yeah. So we're, we're looking at about two weeks worth of shooting, probably, and then two years mm-hmm. worth of editing. <laughs> I I was about to say, I, I, I know from, from both being a fan and Kickstarter supporter that um, you guys have been doing this for a while. I, and I was just going to ask, if, if it isn't too personal, like, what, what, was, what was the experience like with that? getting getting this off the ground and everything is it something you guys would be willing to do again possibly <laughs> i was about to say not 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 everyone at once now but um <laughs> well, i didn't know if there was a derek's like i'm waiting to see what derek exactly is. <laughs> well i didn't know if there was a lag either so i was just sitting sitting tight uh you know i'll be honest with you that that is a stressful process uh you know we're promising mm-hmm. a lot of people a lot of things a lot of people gave us a lot of money um, I tend to focus more on the end product of the, the actual film of it. And I kind of, yeah. the Kickstarter rewards and, and updating everybody kind of gets lost in the back of my mind. I don't think about that as often. I'm more focused on delivering the product that, you know, they essentially gave us money to, to create. Uh, we're super thankful for it, by the way. Uh, we had some added stresses that, that didn't help. Uh, like we refunded the day that lockdown essentially took place so for a whole year and a half we were pretty much stuck we couldn't go shoot we couldn't shoot safely at least uh so you know there were a lot of hurdles there so uh to answer your question if people will give us money i would 100 percent do that again um but it is it is a stressful uh a stressful venture mostly because of these rewards you know we promised people all this stuff and we kind of painted ourselves into a corner a bit where we we promised dvds with their packages and we can't put DVDs out until the film's released. So we're kind of ah. stuck behind that schedule. So we're waiting for – it's actually coming up here really soon. I, I was speaking mm. with them this morning. So uh, yeah. those packages will be sent out soon if you are a Kickstarter. Um, again, we, we thank you, but very stressful. 
David, what about you? No, I, I agree. It's, um, it, it, it's tough. First of all, it's super expensive. Um, <laughs> it is not a cheap thing to do well. You know what I mean? Um, we could go out here with our iPhones and probably shoot something, but we're not going to get near the same quality and uh, production value. And yeah, it's, it's stressful just going through and trying to catch mistakes and seeing what works, what doesn't. There, there's, there's a lot of stuff that's still in the can because we just couldn't find a good spot to use it in the film. And, you know, we're going to try and parlay that into some other things. Uh, but it was, I don't know, it, it, it was, it, it's, it's almost like a Sophie's Choice thing. Uh, trying to decide what to leave in the film, what needs to be cut because of time constraints, getting all the information in. And, you know, the writing uh, was a process where it was like we, we write something out and we have to cut it down and then we have to cut it down and then we have to cut it down. <laughs> it's just that's stressful. And, and yeah, it, it's um, it's a neat process. It's it's not you know, just completely horrendous and, and never do it. Um, I'm going to chalk most of this up to our first outing for it. You know, it's the first time trying to do stuff, something like this. So it, the stress, if we did a second one, I think would be cut yeah. in half because we, we kind of know what we're doing and what to expect. Yeah. And fingers crossed, no global pandemic interrupting <laughs> this one or the possible eh. next one. <laughs> be helpful. Yeah. Um, so I, I do want to get in because you guys have done a release of this um, touring different theaters and stuff. And I do want to ask some questions about that since I did not get to experience firsthand. And I'm sure there's plenty of people that would love to know some stuff about that. Um, but my question is, blank check in your all's hand. What would be your next investigation? I'm going to start with David for this one. Like, by I... Zing This Industries is able to write you guys a blank check for um, what is it, Blurry Monsters to to go out sure. to to go out and um, shoot something. Another one. I'm like, make me another documentary, David. What Where monsters are in the Caribbean? Like, there's got to be something down there. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, see, I'm thinking like, what monsters are in France so we can go? Eat? <laughs> the Night Marchers uh, in Hawaii. See, I, I would, that's mine. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That I mean, that's a that's a great question. It's um, there's a lot of places like I'm I'm just thinking like Alaska, Norway, Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> after this experience, <laughs> somewhere north, let's go to none of it and and look for the Anjakuni village. There you thing. go. <laughs> I wasn't too far <laughs> off from that, David. I was thinking of places with water, so uh, you know the same idea. Uh, for so so checking out the Alaskan Triangle, possibly. Yeah, I, yeah, I'd do, I'd do it. Right, let's go down to New Zealand and just make something. Yeah, how up. many triangles can we come up with here? Like, no, is no, there see, a limit? See, to what triangles? you do is you go down to New Zealand and be like, yeah, there, there, there's these, these wizards and, and and elves and hobbits that that obvi- <laughs> that lived here. There's documentary, and then you just you know just go to the Hobbiton and everything and just have a ball. Mm-hmm. But anyway, sorry, Derek, go ahead with your serious answer. <laughs> oh, I don't know how serious it was It was even going to be. But uh, 
I honestly don't know. Um, we've talked about a sequel. Obviously, we'd have to see how this film does before we even you know get serious about it. But there has been discussions because we keep finding new things. You know, new things are popping mm. up each time we uh, talk to somebody from down there or make a visit. So uh, for now, I'll just say that that maybe a sequel to this would be would be pretty cool to kind of wrap it all up. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that as my final answer. If not Hawaii. Fair enough, fair enough. Get, get get a hold of them night marchers and everything, and I guess surf and sun. It, it's it's weird. They, they've shot a ton of stuff on the beach just relaxing. <laughs> it's it's the strangest thing. He hasn't had a shirt um, on the whole time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We're waiting for that kraken to crawl up. <laughs> uh, it's going to be here any minute, guys. Uh, so, so David did bring up a point earlier of stuff that was left on the cutting room floor. Was there any part of this investigation that we did not see hide nor hair of in here that that just could not get put in? Or is there something that that you guys are wanting to talk about around that? Well, we did visit the old west town of Julian, California, which is in the upper left-hand corner of the triangle. And this is an area with a lot of Bigfoot sightings, but the town itself is an old gold mining town. So it has a ton of, you know, ghost legends about mines and old hotels and stuff like that. The problem is it's a very tourist-driven town, uh, mm. tourism-driven town. So when we were there, it was really difficult to talk to anybody, to you know, to get anybody to give us the time of day because they were busy with all these tourists that were there. And this was like a random Wednesday afternoon or something. So we did shoot some stuff there, but none of it really hit the film. I don't think much of it at all actually made it to the film. So, you know, when I talked about the sequel, this is sort of something that we're talking about. Like, oh, let's set it up so we can actually talk to the people that run the hotel or somebody that's seen some of these ghosts or something like that. Uh, In the field, you know, we prepped as much as possible, but in the field it's really difficult to suss out these witnesses, and it's even harder to find witnesses that are willing to talk to us. So, uh, essentially, we ran into a wall in Julian, and uh, none of the footage we got was really... As as magical as everything else that we captured, I guess. Yeah, there's a hotel there that is said to have a, at least a haunted room. And they weren't very keen on us uh, filming there. So we didn't... Well, they were at really first. And then once we got started, they're like, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a weird, weird. situation. It was, uh, and, it, and it was it was a wacky place. Like, the whole lobby is like red velvet yeah. <laughs> it's all reds and and you know very old west kind of uh, decor and would have been cool to see on camera but there was we couldn't get in the room and uh they nobody wanted to talk about it and then they were like wait a minute what are you doing no we don't we're not cool with that and so yeah that was one spot okay um i was about to say the next thing i want to talk about you, you guys of course have this releasing soon very soon to, to the to the general public and everything, but you guys did a sort of um, I'm going to say the wrong term now um, screen. I mean a release and everything, red carpet, all that stuff. A premiere, several premiere. There There's we the go. There for. we go. <laughs> you 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 guys did a premiere. You also did a kind of a screening tour of it to several places. Yeah, we did a limited theatrical run. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Use the, the, use the right these, terms, Justin. <laughs> you you did a limited theatrical run, none of which were near me. But what, what, what was that experience like for you guys? I'm going to start with David because, Derek, I, I know that you've 
vaguely being Hollywood have probably experienced this before. So I'm, I'm going to go with the fresh eyes on this one. Having a premiere? Yeah. Oh, it was great. Um, it, it's amazing to meet uh, people and to kind of experience them uh, see this and, and their reactions and everything in real time. And then we took questions from them afterwards. And um, it was a it was a really great event, uh, a lot of fun. And we um, we had a, a real good time, I feel like. I shouldn't speak to Derek. I guess. Uh, it was the I worst. Like I had the worst time. No. <laughs> Derek. no, it was it was great. Uh, we held the the premiere in Idlewild, which is essentially the the top corner of the triangle. Uh, so it was cool to actually do it there in space. And it was one of the few triangle or one of the few theaters actually within the triangle. So it was really difficult to get the space. Uh, but they were great over there, um, Rustic Theater up in Idlewild. We had close to four hundred people show up to this. Um, nice. something like that, 350, 400, I don't know the exact number, but, uh, each screening had a little under 200 people and, and we had two screenings. So, uh, that was, that was really cool. And, you know, you, you kid a little bit, uh, Justin, but I, I've been to a handful of premieres, you know, working in the industry and yeah. I was trying to, you know, when we were designing this, trying to, to, to model it exactly like those, you know, the experience you have there. And uh, I think we captured a little bit of that on a small scale. Um, you know, we, we had stars of the film there. Um, the BCC boys were, were nice enough to, to drive all the way out from L.A. and, and attend. So, uh, yeah, it, it was just a really cool experience. We had the full red carpet, you know, the step and repeat, all that fun stuff. And we had an eight-foot skeleton uh, there that you could pose with and, and take photographs with. And of course, we went to a bar afterwards and hung out with you know with everybody that came by and closed the bar down. Awesome. So it was a really good time to um, to to not only meet listeners but to to meet people that you know got to watch the film and get their reaction to it real time. And backers, a lot, a lot of backers. backers. It was great to, you know to meet them and and thank them personally for allowing us to do this. Yeah, um, no that that. That, that that is great. I know you guys did like a small screen, some some tour of it around the country too, and everything. And I'm assuming those were about the same level too. Uh, yeah, for you guys. Yeah, um, I don't have numbers in front of me, but um, we did. Uh, I want to say eight theaters, something like that, uh, all over the country. And we have one coming up in Australia here. At uh, I think that one just happened, um, based on when this airs. But uh, mm-hmm. the 25th of February, there was. Uh, what's the name of that festival down there, David? It, it's the um, uh, Sydney Science Fiction Film That's Festival. That's correct, yes. And it happened in Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> Just to, you know, make things fun. So if you have a time yes. machine, you can um, go check that out. But yes. uh, Yeah, so we did a, a limited run. We, we had uh, screenings in Ohio. We had screenings in um, Nebraska, Kansas, Kansas, Colorado. Oh, man, I don't know. There's a few others that I, I think I'm missing. Maine, there was one, I think, in Maine. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of small theaters, you know, were nice enough to give mm-hmm. us a night and, uh, you know, local fans could drive in and, and go see it for themselves. So I, I know you did a lot of Q and a with those, um, anything exciting from those Q and A's you guys got or weren't expecting to get or. Uh, I wasn't expecting well, what, to get what? questions. I'll be quite honest with you. <laughs> uh, you usually you go to these Q and A things, and people are, are pretty quiet, and they don't have a lot to say. But uh, our audience, obviously, is I was the there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it inspired a lot of people to tell their own it did, story. Yeah. Really? 
Yeah. Awesome. A lot of that. From the triangle, awesome. no less. It just kind of adds mm-hmm. to the lore, you know? Well, that's well, that, that's great. I'm sure people you could follow up with if there's a sequel made to this or if there's a follow-up made yeah. to this um, and everything. So I, I guess... Um, I guess my final thing I want to discuss is, of course, I've talked about you guys seeing it. I've, we, we've talked about people seeing it, but how can people listening, of course, find it and see it? Well, the film releases uh, on streaming platforms, both uh, the internet-based and cable-based, on March 5th. And I recommend going to Apple TV or Amazon Prime, and uh, it's um, rentable, or you can purchase it, I believe, uh, either way awesome awesome so that's great that that's a great way to pick it up and everything i'm sure there'll be links to your guys stuff down in the description and everything um on that note though going from beginning to end with this from starting the 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 very very like acorn of an idea to the massive tree that has grown from it um on this journey David, what was one of your favorite moments on this journey? Hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to th- them there's a lot of memories I'm having to sort Well, I got one on the tip of my tongue you know, if you want some more time here, David. I I actually I might steal it from you driving back from uh <laughs> one of these shoots. We came we came um you go down into Borrego Springs on a on a mountain, and it's very windy. And there's out overlooks and and things like that. Well, coming back, we stopped at one because out over the desert was this thunderstorm happening, and it was just flash after flash after flash of lightning, and no sound and no rain. And we tried to get it as best we could on camera. We couldn't really get a good shot of it that did it justice at all uh and that was that was just a, a fun amazing moment for and that. we're half a mile so in the I, air I, by I, the way i don't know if you, if you oh, hit yeah. that that note quite hard enough but we're coming down off the mountain so we're level with the storm it's straight out ahead of us and it, you know we're overlooking brigo springs and the triangle itself and it's just lighting that thing up it was pretty amazing mm-hmm. yeah Darn it, you guys reminded me of a question I did want to ask earlier, and I completely spaced on it. Derek, go go ahead with yours, though. Well, uh, for mine, I was going to say the premiere itself. You know, just you know, looking in the theater, like I turned my head around 50 different times to, to look at everybody's faces as they're watching this, you know, uh, film that, that we worked really hard on. And it wasn't just David and I. There was an entire crew that worked incredibly hard to get this film out all the way from, you know, the sound guy up to, you know, people in the distribution office that are working hard right now to uh, advertising and getting all that stuff out. So it it just a a culmination of all of that work from all those people and just kind of look back and see everybody's faces and like horrified as they see the eight foot skeleton or they hear about the Bigfoot (laughs) or whatever. It's just the groan they hear, you know, about the uh, UFOs seen over Brego Springs or whatever. And they see the description and, you know, the, the collective groan over the audience. It's just that sort of thing. Uh, it, it really brought it home for me. It, you know, it was really uh, uh, reiterated the, the reason why we did this, I guess. I, I'm sorry I forgot to ask this earlier. It just popped back to my head for some reason. Um, 
do you feel you guys were being investigated while you were investigating? And I think you know what I'm referring to. Something was going on. I, 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 I don't know if you guys want to reveal what that is or not in this or have somebody watch it, but I do want to ask that question. It, it definitely felt that way sometimes. I'll, I'll say as just a little background for the listeners that aren't going to watch, there is a heavy military presence out there. And we suspect, uh, especially after meeting with a lot of these people, that the military is somehow involved with a lot of this strange activity that's going on out there. Mostly the UFO stuff. Um, that said, while we were out there, we had a lot of attention paid to us uh, from helicopters, jets, and that sort of thing. So uh, there are certain instances out there that... If they weren't looking at us, I have no idea what they were looking at because there was nothing else out there. It had to have been our little group of five, six people or rocks because that's all else that was there. <laughs> that's all I'll say about that. All right. <laughs> David, anything else with that? No, that that pretty much sums it up. Um, we, we are aware there are bases, um, I think three major bases in the vicinity. Um, and, you know, we're talking hundred miles but it's in the vicinity and um 100 miles for a jet or a chopper yeah, is seconds, nothing. yeah exactly yeah so you know we 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 noticed that um and then it seemed like they noticed us too that's the weird thing so you know who knows but we didn't get any uh man in black stuff uh, unfortunately see i was gonna ask i know you guys have probably had a lot of calls back and forth and I know people have been like, I feel like my call is being recorded or like you hear like clicking sounds. None of that. I didn't listen for it. Not yet. Damn. Oh, I was. I've gotten too, <laughs> too sophisticated. I don't know. I, I was about to say, I know that there was stuff in the past where people were like doing investigations. I've heard where they like hear clicking on the phone calls and stuff. So I was like, maybe, maybe you guys weren't hitting the nail hard enough on the head yet. Maybe the next one you'll, you'll get more of that stuff. But no, I did want to bring that up on, on like, cause I know you guys brought it in there and I don't know if it was just for, for that moment or if it was something to where it was a constant thing for you guys to be like watched possibly. When you're out there and you look up, you realize just how active that area is in the sky. And, and you know, not just military stuff. There's there's weird things that aren't identifiable, which is, you know, what draw your attention to this. So uh, anytime you're out there, it feels like you're being watched, frankly. Mm. And it was decently constant when we were out there. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Well, I will let you guys uh, tell us, of course, you, you know where to find the... The documentary now, of course, Apple TV and um, Amazon Prime, definitely places to go look for it. But, David, where can people find more from you? Well, more from me, you can find at blurryphotos.org or just search for Blurry Photos on your podcatcher of choice. You can also look for Hysteria 51, I co-host there. And um, quiz, quiz, bang, bang, trivia. All right. Derek, where can people find more from you? Well, every Thursday I release an episode of Monsters Among Us podcast, uh, basically anywhere you can get your fine podcast, I guess. And uh, if you want any more information on the documentary itself, just go to borregotriangle.com. It's B-O-R-R-E-G-O, triangle.com. Also probably down in the description for the episode as well if you want to go down there. But thank you, Derek. Um, thank you, gentlemen, for, for giving me the time of day and the opportunity to talk to you guys. 
as both a friend and a fan of your guys' work. This this was definitely enjoyable, and I watched it, and like I said, it was it was a phenomenal documentary. It was very well done, and I highly advise anyone who hasn't watched it yet and hasn't stopped this to go watch it to definitely do that when it becomes available. So, well, we appreciate awesome. you having us on here and the uh, the kind words. Yeah. You're one of the few people so far that have seen it, and uh, every time everybody gets started talking about it, I always I'm kind of sheepish and cringy a little bit. Like, what are they going to say? Is this going to be good nah, or nah, bad? Man, so, we appreciate that. You guys did, you guys did awesome. I I, I loved I loved it. I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I and I like the dueling narrator voices between you two every now and then, where it was one of you narrating, then the other. I just wish it was talking over each other at times, but. But some something for later. We edited Anyways. all that out, actually. Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> it was a mess. All right, you can of course find Zingness wherever you find great podcasts, and we'll be back next time with another nerdy episode. Ruin the show!